0: We're all searching for stability or something that lasts.
1: Streaming on Anchor FM Worldwide, Eternal insight starts now. Here's Anthony Maranese.
0: Welcome and good day all to yet another episode of Eternal Insight. I am your host, Anthony Maranese. This is episode three, episode three, three episodes down already. I can't believe it since we've begun uh, our radio podcasts as well as our ordinary podcasts. uh, I shouldn't say radio podcasts, our radio streaming. And we thank all of you who listen on the Anchor FM streaming platform as well as all of you who join us via podcast. Uh, We'd like to remind you uh, to follow us on Twitter at Insight underscore Eternal. You can tweet us your Eternal Insights, which might be featured on further shows. And you can also email us at eternalinsightpm at secretary.net. Questions, comments, concerns, anything of that nature. Previous shows, this show, ideas for further shows, anything like that, all will be taken into consideration. Um, Today, we have a wonderful show for you, and we are on location today. Uh, Our previous shows uh, have been either recorded in studio or recorded uh, nearby our studio uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, but we are a little bit further uh, from that today. Not too much further, though, although we do have some shows in the future for you planned from quite a bit away. Today, we're a about three hours away from Memphis, uh, in a beautiful little town called Coleman, Alabama. And we are at St. Bernard Abbey in Coleman, Alabama. It's a Benedictine monastery uh, in the heart of Coleman. It's also home to the Ave Maria Grotto, as well as St. Bernard Prep School. Uh, it's a uh, wonderful uh, institution. Uh, it's also, it's a, it's a boarding school. Uh, they are top of the line in terms of athletics. Uh, In uh, the state of alabama as well as academics in the state of alabama. Um, I hate that I just did that Uh, as a sports theologian. I actually put athletics before academics. I should know better Um, Academically just out of this world and above all um, the uh, Religious and cultural life that permeates the school uh, is absolutely out of this world and and you'll Come to learn a little bit more about that as we get into um, today's guest, but either way Uh, Before we get into all that today's show uh, has to offer, uh, we do want to remind you that um, this show, Eternal Insight, is a show about living now in the life to come, about saying goodbye to all that is temporary, and finally laying hold to what is promised, to what endures, and to what gives us life to the fullest. As we like to do, we'd like to begin this show with our quote of the day, And this quote comes from St. Benedict of Nursia. St. Benedict says, But as we progress in this way of life and in faith, we shall run on the path of God's commandments, our hearts overflowing with the inexpressible delight of love. And that quote from St. Benedict comes from his rule, the rule of St. Benedict, his rule for monasteries about which we'll be uh, discussing a little bit more today. Our guest today attended the Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in uh, was it, Minnesota, was it? Winona, Minnesota. Winona, Minnesota. He is the director of the Retreat Center here at St. Bernard. He is the guest master and the assistant vocation director also here at St. Bernard Abbey. With pleasure, we welcome Brother Marion Sanchez. Thank you. It is uh, so good to be here and very grateful for the opportunity. good we d- We said everything correctly, Marion, and that's and, and, right. okay. Yes. Right. very good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Brother Marion is going to be talking to us uh, today about three key Benedictine charisms. Um, and a charism is uh, in in the Christian tradition is something traditionally uh, that um, a, a religious group or an order is uh, especially known for. It's a spiritual gift actually. Um, three key Benedictine charisms of stability, hospitality, and community is actually what we're going to be discussing today. And we have a couple of uh, insightful questions that we hope that he can uh, address and shed some eternal insight on today. we believe that uh, he will be um, great in being able to uh, to address those for us. So, without further ado, we're just um, we're actually just going to jump right into. Uh, those um, without further ado we'll uh, we'll head to the first question uh, the first one um, kind of actually comes from the life of Saint Benedict we can say that Saint Benedict left the world that was Rome um, because he sort of had this disillusionment with the fact that Rome had become more or less corrupt uh, sort of steeped in promiscuousness, uh, a sort of sense of moral decay, um, and he sort of wanted to just get away from all of that and and go, uh, as as I believe it was, I think it was Father Joel in a, in a great video that y'all have on the website, who yes. said, to, to be alone with God alone. I, I believe that That's was his right. quote. Um, many persons of the world, our world, have a mistaken idea about monastics um like yourself and like your your confreres here in the community they assume that that uh, l- individuals like yourself and your confreres go to the monastery because uh, you just can't hack it in the world as it is or as it's become i, I just wonder how you might correct them on that mistaken assumption
1: uh, you know i think it's a it's a pretty good observation in that uh you know uh, that they can't hack it i don't think that uh, that is necessarily the case. I think it would be better said that they prefer not to stoop that low and hack it that the way that the world is is uh, the direction it is headed right now and kind of always has been Saint. Benedict lived 1500 years ago and there was obvious problems then with the culture and and just uh, the sinfulness that he saw and he didn't want to do that and so he he went to the hills, he went to the mountains. Um, And again, in that video, something that our abbot, our superior, says is that the monastery is not a place of hiding, it is a place of seeking and finding. And so some men, you know, they may come to the monastery with the idea that they're going to escape the world, and that's not a bad thing, because they're not escaping, they're not desiring to escape good things, they desire something good, they want to find the good, they want to seek the good. And so it is very true, and when you seek that, when you seek God, you learn a lot about yourself, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to deal with, and that's why our stability is a great gift, it's like a marriage, you know, we're committed, and even when times are tough in the monastery or times are tough in a marriage, you remain committed to that relationship, so ours is a relationship with our monastery, St. Bernard Abbey in particular, I'll never be transferred to another monastery, or, you know, if I have a month of a really a rough time, I don't get the choice of kind of calling for a divorce, if you will, Uh, say, hey, you know, I just can't do this relationship anymore. Uh, It's a commitment, and we get to grow a lot, and it's a very beautiful thing, and we definitely have seen it lived in the life of Saint Benedict, but, you know, the millions, and I mean that, millions of monks that have gone before us uh, these previous 1500 centuries.
0: The fact that the Rule of Saint Benedict is called a rule tends to frighten outsiders um, quite a, quite a bit. Um, as, as you know, um, I'm currently here for the Oblate Retreat, and, and you were gracious enough to take me up on my invitation to to be a guest on on uh, this episode of Eternal Insight, Brother Marion. I I can't thank you enough for that. Um, but you know, when when I tell individuals. Um, what exactly an oblate is, because they ask me, you know, the, the old, what, is, what is that medal you, you wear around your neck? Um, you know, Because if, if I'm running with a group of people, or if I'm biking, they hear everything jangling, they're like, are you wearing dog tags? You're not in the military. I'm like, no, 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 that's my St. Benedict medal. And they're like, what is that? And I'll, I'll show it to them, and they're like, what is that? And then I'll have to be like, well, I'm, and I'm an oblate, so I wear a St. Benedict. What, what is an oblate? So I'll tell them, and I'll say, we follow the rule of St. Benedict. Well, the rule, that sounds scary. Why do you have to bind yourself to a rule? So, I was just wondering if maybe you could elaborate a little bit on maybe the practical benefits uh, and the spiritual benefits that uh, you think the rule holds for for persons of of the world and and for the laity. Even even though some people might think the rule sounds scarier than it is.
1: Certainly, Uh, you know, I'll just share a little personal uh, encounter. I guess I was educated by Benedictines back in Illinois. And I had always heard about the rule of St. Benedict. As a matter of fact, uh, we always ended our prayer at that school with, uh, May the rule of St. Benedict be our guide. And as a freshman, uh, you know, I really wondered what that whole rule looked like. And I knew that the monks were disciplined, uh, that they had a very uh, clear structure to their life. And, uh, and then some little things like, you know, if they wanted to go somewhere or do something, uh, it required permission. And so I just assumed all that came from the rule. And in fact, it really does come from the rule. Uh, and that was scary to me as a freshman, even though I wasn't living the rule, but I just, the idea of it was scary, I guess. Uh, but our junior year, we had an opportunity to study the rule St. Benedict for nine months. And within the first few days, or not nine months, I'm sorry, nine weeks, but within the first few days, uh, I found the rule appealing, much to my surprise, Uh, and I found it exciting, much to my surprise, because when you think of rules, you think of all these things that you can't do, all these things that you're prohibited from, but the rule is really a guide, uh, sort of like at the end of that uh, prayer, May the of St. Benedict be our guide. Uh, it's a guide to a way of life, and it's something that is giving. It gives us the tools uh, to live the monastic life well, to seek God well, to live in community well, to be hospitable and do that well, um, to work well, um, and to forgive and to acknowledge our sinfulness and rely on God's mercy. So really, the rule of St. Benedict is a, is a guidebook for living the Christian life well, and that's why it's so applicable really to all Christians, not just to monks, but if you go through the 72 chapters of the rule, uh, you'll really find, again, a lot of tools for uh, the Christian life. And As a matter of fact, one of the chapters is called the Tools of Good Works. It's one of the longer chapters, but it goes through the Gospels and through other parts of Scripture, Uh, Just giving us uh, uh, ways of seeking God well, uh, especially in the monastic life, of course. And so, you know, it it can seem scary because I'm not saying it doesn't have things on there that you are not allowed to do, but for the most part, it's just giving a structure to a daily life and a way of life.
0: So would it be safe to say, brother, that um, the rule ultimately... Uh, I know you mentioned that it that it serves as a guide, but ultimately it provides. Um, oh, what is a good word to describe this, or a good way to? I think just, a good way to describe it
1: is it provides stability.
0: Good way, it provides stability. I, okay, all right, I will. I will go with that. I'll. I'll <laughs> that's a good dovetail into our next question. Thank you. Um, the world as as we've come to know it in fact is is a bit unstable uh and in fact, that might be the understatement of the decade that the world is unstable um I know at least for me uh, when I come here to St Bernard, um I at once recognize myself as of the world yet set apart from it at least while i'm here, and it fills me with this unbelievable peaceful sense of stability, and so i I guess I wonder of what spiritual importance is stability, at least in Benedictine spirituality, and how might that have a, an eternally significant value? Certainly,
1: I, I you know, I, I guess my go-to analogy or example uh, would be of marriage, and that uh, being, you know, even when times are tough, you remain faithful. And so Living in a monastery, and at St. Bernard we have, I I don't know the exact number, uh, 30-plus monks, not too much more than that. Uh, So, as you can imagine, when you live with 30 other people, uh, things are not always going to be easy. You're going to have run-ins. We are human beings. We don't always agree. We may not always get along, but it's always important to uh, remember, and it is easy to remember, that we are united in Christ and so there's something about a life where you live that is solely to see Christ uh, that has great effects on people but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be hunky-dory and everything's just going to be very romantic and wonderful uh... no there can be very tough times and challenging times and uh, sometimes you just ask yourself you know why have I come here (laughs) why have I come here and the answer is very obvious when we actually take the time to Think about why we have come, and it's very simple as well, uh, and that is to seek God. It's the only reason that anyone uh, comes to the monastery and, and stays at a monastery, is to continually seek God. So when times are tough, and we remember our vow of stability, there's a lot of freedom in that. Because we don't really get to think about all the things that we would otherwise do because all that doesn't matter. We vowed to God our stability to this community, and so we remained faithful. And I've only been at the monastery for five years. I've only been professed for four years. Um, I am growing in that peace that comes with stability, in knowing that this is my home, this is the place where I will fulfill my vocation, my calling from God, where I get to, it's a privilege to seek God daily in this community. It is a privilege to live with these men whom I otherwise would never have chosen for myself. But it's God's gift to me uh, to live this life, even when it is tough. In those tough moments, especially because of my stability, I have been learning, and thank you God, that those, two are gifts, that those struggles are gifts, because you have to work through them, you have to grow, you have to die to self, you have to give up your own will, and live the will of God, and desire the good of your brother. Uh, just like in chapter 72, the rule and the good zeal of monks, uh, Saint Benedict reminds the monks to desire what is best for your brother, not for yourself. And so, Uh, You know, if you're going to live in that peace, you've really got to take that to heart because you will, as a monk, live here the rest of the days of your life. Uh, And to me, that's exciting, not scary at all. Uh, It's freeing because I've been given the privilege to seek God in this monastery with other men who are seeking God in this monastery. And we get to do that
0: as a community. This is a, a a bit of a a bit of a tack on or a, a follow up to that to that last one, um, for persons in in the world and of the world who may also share in a bit of Benedict's occasional disillusionment with the hecticness of the world and and maybe are a bit at times. Uh, cast cast asunder by by the the instability of the world. How how might uh, that that Benedictine spirituality that so prizes stability? How how might that be applicable for persons of the world? Or what what grasp might the rule be uh, able to impart for persons that do have to live in the world? Uh,
1: certainly, I mean I think there are really several things that people might do to. Uh, sort of bring that uh, stability into their life maybe not well, of course not really in the same way but in, in very similar ways to what the monks do to embrace that stability and so uh, you know as Benedictine monks we have a very structured prayer schedule every uh, every day at the same times we pray what we call the divine office. Um, we pray the psalms we have readings from scripture we, uh, we have hymns and everything is chanted. But the point is is that it's every day, and it's scheduled into our life. And so for people in the world to have that schedule of prayer in their life, to know that at this time of the day, I pray, and that doesn't mean, and I want to make that clear, that I'm not saying that this time of the day is for God, because all of the day should be for God. That's one of the Benedictine mottos, Uten omnibus Deus, that in all things God may be glorified, which is my favorite Benedictine, Motto.
0: Uh, same here. <laughs> I write it at the top of all my papers. <laughs>
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, so, but, when you have that structure, when you have that schedule, it just becomes part of you, that desire to glorify God and the things that you're doing. And another Benedictine motto, which is most uh, famous, uh, is ora et labora, prayer and work. Uh, but, you know, our our work is our prayer. But our other work, like uh, was mentioned in the beginning of this uh, show, was you know, we have our, our school, the Ave Maria Grotto. I run our retreat center. We have a farm. We bake bread, make rosaries. There's all sorts of things going on. But those things should be done prayerfully and with the intention of glorifying God, just like our time as a community in prayer should be done with the intention to glorify God, like the choirs of angels and saints. That's why we sit in choir stalls when we pray. It's a reflection of what is to come that. Uh, uh, eschatological witness, uh, the, the end times, and which is scary, but it doesn't have to be. Um, it can be exciting, and I think it should be more so uh, exciting than scary. Uh, but nonetheless, the stability—you know—embracing some discipline in one's life, especially as far as schedule. If you, when you think of stability, you think of sometimes permanent, and I'm okay with the idea of a permanent schedule of prayer. Um, And as a matter of fact, when I'm away from the monastery, and I don't have that uh, flexibility to pray at 6 a.m., and again at noon, and again at 5.30, and again at uh, 7.15, I don't not pray, of course, but I don't get flustered, but I don't care for it. I, I prefer the structure, and the organization, and the discipline. Which was what Benedictine, or what Saint Benedict was fleeing from—the chaos that was going on in Rome and in the world, and the lack of fidelity to something. It's a fidelity, stability is a fidelity to a person, for us to a place and to a group of people, and ultimately to God. And the same with a marriage to a person, but and to God. Um, so, really embracing some some structure in one's life would be the greatest way to really embrace that stability, but I would also encourage them to go on retreat at a Benedictine monastery, to see that stability lived. Uh, I love the fact that our students, uh, when they come back uh, as alumni, they talk about the stories of monks that are still here. That's one of the beautiful things about the Benedictines, is that when you come to a Benedictine monastery, It's almost guaranteed, uh, with a few exceptions, uh, that that same monk will be there when you return 10 years later, unless they have died, or for a few of our monks, they do get assignments outside of the monastery uh, for a short period of time. Uh, But, you know, I get to hear these stories of the older monks now, when they are much younger, uh, and contemporaries of these alumni about, uh, what they were up to in the monastery when they first entered or were here for 10 years and some of those stories I'm, I'm not supposed to know <laughs> um, but uh, it's a beautiful thing and to see their witness to this place for 40, 50, 60 years uh, gives me great hope and has helped me grow in my love for this place and helps me want to give of myself to this place and, and die to my own will
0: there's uh, obviously no shortage of, of things that are that are going on uh, here in this holy place as, as we've um, spoken of and as uh, brother Marion has has illustrated in in um, adding to the to the list of, of things that um, I had already mentioned at the at the beginning and and with that in mind um, we know that there are a number of other things uh, even in this weekend retreat uh <laughs> That, that call us to our attention. And with that in mind, we're going to um, round out with a final question for him uh, before we prepare to close uh, this third episode of Eternal Insight. I find it, um, honestly, it's actually kind of just coming to my mind right now that the third episode of Eternal Insight is being recorded at St. Bernard 3, the spiritual number, the holy number, the number for the Holy Trinity at St. Bernard. Well, okay, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> this uh, this final question for you, Brother Marion. Um, you know, here at St. Bernard, and not just here, but in, in most Benedictine uh, communities and congregations throughout the world, um, prayer is usually ended in a most fascinating way. Uh, I heard this the first time. Uh, that I that I came to the monastery in 2009 uh, For a private retreat with you all At the end of uh, each prayer time You all conclude your prayers by saying May the divine assistance remain always with us And with our absent brethren, amen and I was wondering if you could just enlighten our listeners more As to the meaning and value of this uh, comforting and beautiful prayer
1: Certainly, I... I... I remember, uh, too, when I first visited St. Bernard, it was the first time I had ever heard that, and it certainly caught my ear, and I found myself thinking, I, thought, you know, I was thinking a lot about it, but I didn't really necessarily, I thought I understood, but I didn't, I thought it was really only for the deceased monks. Uh, and I don't know why I thought that, it just was my thought. And as I dived a little more into the rule of St. Benedict, uh, after I had joined, it, it finally hit me, that in chapter 67, about a, a brother sent on a journey, it says, Brothers sent out on a journey will ask the Abbot and community to pray for them. All brothers should always be remembered at the closing prayer of the work of God. And so, the work of God, meaning the divine office, It's uh, office coming from the Latin officium, uh, is a duty office like somebody holds public office it's their public duty and so our divine office is our divine duty to pray to pray for the church and so saint Benedict there says to remember the monks that are gone on a journey in in prayer at the at the end of the office so you could look at that in in two ways and the first the very obvious those monks who are gone from the monastery are doing something we remember them in prayer and sort of like i had mentioned is Uh, When I'm away from the monastery on a journey, whatever it's for, uh, I take a lot of consolation in the thought and fact that I'm prayed for uh, by my brothers, and I look forward to returning to the community, especially to pray with them. Uh, And then, uh, also, I prefer to be home praying for those guys, because I like to be home praying. Uh, And uh, also, our monks, our, our whole life, is a journey. It's a pilgrimage. We're the, we're a uh, a pilgrim church, and so those monks that have gone before us have have completed that pilgrimage, uh, and we pray now are in uh, heavenly glory with with our Lord. And so I take great consolation in the fact that we pray for those guys that are gone, and that when I'm gone, I'm prayed for, which is a really beautiful thing. And something else that St. Benedict says in that chapter is that whatever the monks encountered, experienced, while away from the monastery, should not be discussed, lest it lead to sin or impure thoughts or this or that. And so, you know, he's not asking the monks to be naïve, But what he's reminding the monks is that what they've come to the monastery for is by far uh, way better and way more important than what the world has to offer. And so even entertaining the thoughts of uh, being away from the monastery should not be encouraged and usually being sent on a journey is for a more serious uh, venture that is necessary. But we always pray for each other, especially when we're out in the world and might be tempted uh, or uh, distracted or discouraged, which I can say in my own experience, is all three of those things have probably presented themselves to me while away. And so it's uh, just a, a great gift that we can give to our brothers because prayer is powerful and God is even more powerful. And so we ask for his protection and his guidance, and that we walk in his
0: light and in the way of his life and just as a reminder to all listening um, one of the sort of uh, seldom thought uh, realities of um, of the of the church is that um, throughout the World, um, there are communities of uh, monastics, not just uh, the Benedictines, but in a very biased way, uh, being affiliated with uh, the Benedictines um, explicitly uh, as a as a third order member, uh, but but also. you know the, the Benedictines as well as other members throughout the world, they are constantly um, praying these Liturgy of the Hours, not just for their their confreres, their brothers and their sisters, but for all of the church, that is, the laity for all of us. And this this is constantly going on at every single hour because of all of the different time zones throughout the world. So if we think of all of the different religious communities throughout the world, that are engaged in this continual and constant prayer for the church, there is this ongoing prayer of of hope and strengthening for the church universal. And that is a very comforting and very, very inspiring thought. There is not a single time waking or sleeping where there is not a community, and particularly a community of Benedictines, that is chanting the divine office. Is that correct?
1: All right. Repeat the question. There's,
0: there's not a there's not a single time when a person could be awake or asleep that somewhere in the world oh, there aren't Benedictines. Yes,
1: absolutely, multiple, multiple, <laughs> communities. multiple,
0: multiple communities. So that so what a comforting thought that is. And 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 brother, as as a representative of of the Benedictine Confederation throughout the world, we we, we thank you very much for praying for all of us, and we we certainly want to. Um, encourage you in your vocation and we want to thank you for your prayers and we want to uh, let you know that we are praying uh, for you. Uh, On behalf of uh, Brother Marion Sanchez as well as all of the uh, community here at St. Bernard uh, I am Anthony Maranese. We thank you for listening to yet another episode of Eternal Insight. Be sure to tune in next time. Thank you very much and have a blessed day
1: i